Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at Paul the Apostle. I'm looking at Jesus Christ. Wash disciples' stinky feet. So we need to be clear on that. There is no... None of us are aspiring to, to a place that's beyond service. It's actually our privilege to serve. And the Bible says that those that will be greatest in the kingdom of God will be the servant of all. So, so we never get to a point where we can't get our hands dirty, where we can't be a part. I, I, no, I don't do chairs. Mm, I preach. I preach to the people in the chairs. Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth to save us from our sins. However, he also came to be an example of the kind of life he desires us to live, a life full of love, loyalty to the word, and service. In today's message, Pastor Bill reminds us that as followers of Jesus Christ, we should consider service a privilege. We're never above serving others. We serve because Jesus first served us and loved us and showed us what it meant to be humble and devoted to God. What service is God calling you to? Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. But where I used to live, I, my neighbors used to turn up on Saturday night. And I hated it because I'm trying to go to sleep good on Saturday night because I got Sunday morning, I'm thinking about. And I would be in there and there were so many nights where I'm like, man, that's too much. One night they were throwing up. They were partying. They were, they were on the side of the house where my window is, my bedroom, my wife. And I'm hearing somebody throw up at my wife. That, that's enough. That's it. I'm up. And I'm on my way out the door and the Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 don't go, don't go. I mean, God just like, don't do it. You know, my, my goal is they don't, they obviously need me. This ain't going to be the time to go over there. You know, you beat them, fought somebody drunk and ruin your witness. He's like, you're here to be a witness. That's it. And, and I will say that, you know, we made it, you know, we made it all the way on out. And now we moved and the neighbors are quiet, quiet. Peaceable, you know. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for thank you for neighbors that go to bed on Saturday night early. You know, thank you for the senior citizens in my right that they don't make no noise. You know, they sweet as pie. You know, um, I do believe we're supposed to think that way. Would this hinder the gospel, right? Would this hinder them from receiving the message that I'm really? This is my real responsibility is to convey this message. And so Paul is putting his, you know, he put he's he's practicing what he preaches. He's telling us. But he's doing it also. He's doing what he's teaching. He said, you know what? If I will go ahead and work rather than receive from you guys and have you guys, you know, discount my message. You already discount me and I haven't done anything. So I'm just going to pass on any gift from you guys um, so that the message isn't hindered by by you giving to me and and, and looking at me funny. So now now look at verse uh, 13. Paul says, do you not know? That those who minister the holy things, this is a, speaking of the priest and the Levites, eat of the things of the temple. And those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar. And the Levites were to receive and they were to live off of the gifts of the people that were being brought in. And that was God's method way back then for them. And as you come to the church, God said the same thing. Um, as I raise up ministers and I raise up pastors and I want them to serve full time in this way, um, they're to be cared for by the church that they care for and that they minister to. Um, that's how it's supposed to go. So um, we do all have a part to play as Christians. We all have an obligation. This is our house. This is our our church. And we're to give here that we can reach out. There's a there's a there's a responsibility that we have. Um, you know, I look at what God does. I do take steps of faith. If God said, go do that. 
then I wouldn't look at a single number. I wouldn't crunch a number. I would just go do that. Um, but in the meanwhile, the way things go is we look at what we have and that, that determines what we can do. So I do encourage everybody here that we would all be faithful in our giving um, as an act of worship to the Lord, um, that that would be something we that we look at. You know, are, are we being faithful to the Lord in that part of our worship and our walk with Christ? So um, so moving on now, Paul. And now, he's, you know, Paul's going to switch gears. Um, the whole goal, he gave all this argument about giving, about what they should do, only to say, but I'm, even though I have, I want to make it clear that I have a right to it, but I'm laying down my right in order that the gospel would go forth to more power. That's the bigger picture in what we're learning today, that we'll lay down our rights. Uh, we'll lay down certain things that I, I, I should be able to have this, but I'll lay that down for the cost of being a witness for the Lord. And Paul is, is showing us that verse, verse 14, he says, even so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. If you're writing notes, write down Luke 10 verses two through eight. I won't read it, but that's when Jesus sent the disciples out. And he says, you know, when you go into a house, um, you know, don't take when you guys go out, don't take bags of food. Don't take anything. When you enter into a house, receive from them. Let them feed you. That's the way it's supposed to go. Let the house that you're ministering in, let them take care of you. And you receive them. If they won't take care of you, then you shake the dust from your feet and you kick on, you kick on off to the next, to the next town. Um, but they're supposed to be taken care of. God established that in the gospels in the old testament and in the new verse 15. Paul says, but I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things that it should be done so to me. For it would be better for me to die than that anyone should take my, make my boasting void. Paul says, don't mistake me. I'm not writing these things so y'all finally kick in and take care of me. He says, I'm not writing these things that you guys would give. Paul said, I'd rather die than that what you guys give to me causes my, my boasting to be in vain. You know, my sharing to be in vain. And so I look at some of the things that Paul says. They're just such strong statements. Paul says, I would rather die than to let something to let y'all mess up my testimony, my witness. I'd rather die. I'm not taking nothing. And um, I do believe that that's that's the Paul has the heart of Christ and what he's doing. Verse 16. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of for necessity is laid upon me. Yes. Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Paul says, when I preach the gospel, it's not, this is, this is what I've been called to do. What was me if I don't, I can't, I can't do anything but preach the gospel. And I wonder if any of us have a calling on our life that, that's that strong. I can't help but do this thing right here. That's the difference between, that's a calling. When there's something you would say, I'm just, I know I'm called to do this, no matter what it costs, no matter what difficulties come, I know I'm called to do this thing right here. Paul says, it's of necessity, it's laid upon me. This is something I picked or chose or, you know, had a wild thought one night and went out and did. This is something that God has called me to do. And he does it with that kind of conviction. I do believe that every believer should have some aspects of your walk and service to God that you do with that kind of conviction. I must do this. Um, uh, too many Christians have not sought God for clarity about a calling or what they're supposed to do. And so they just lightly do things when they when it's convenient for them. But there's no sense of real conviction of, of a call. It's like, yeah, I just, you know, I think I'm going to do this now. Man, I'm not going to do it next time. And there are lots of Christians that are just like, you know, they just, you couldn't, you couldn't hang a coat on them and say, I know, I know that person's going to be here doing that. Um, but everybody here has got some gift and some area where you're called. And it should be that clear. I know I'm called to do that at church. I know that God's given me this to do in the body. 
And so, however, it may, it, may, it may flesh out in different ways over time, but I want you to hear his conviction. Paul says, I, I have no, that's of necessity. I, there, there's no way I could not do this. It's what I'm called to do. You write that down in your notes. What am I called to do? And let the Lord answer that for you. And then you do it with that kind of conviction. I must do it. I must do it. Whatever it is. It could be praying. It could be interceding. It could be evangelizing. It could be teaching. It could be a number of different things. But everybody's called to do something. And we want to know what that is, that we might do it with that sort of conviction. Moving on. Verse uh, 17 now. Paul says, for if I do it willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. He speaks now of the way in which we serve, right? Paul says, if I do it because I'm called to do it and I do it willingly, I have a reward from the Lord. But God's not really into any of us serving him uh, against our will. Um, anybody here that's married, if your spouse does something for you out of love, it feels good. You know, it's like, you, you thought about me? You did that because you love me? You know, BJ be always trying to steal my shine. Yesterday we went out and we stopped at this candy store and my wife likes caramel apples. So I was like, get my wife a caramel apple, you know? And I, I got it and I get home and I, I hand it to her and she opens a bag and BJ jumps in. Mom, I was at the candy store and I saw that and I thought of you. So I told dad to get it. I was like, you, you little buster, man. Get out of here, man. He's trying to steal my shine, you know? There are things that someone does for you and because it's just done out of love, it's received as it's a blessing. You know that someone thought of you. It was a, it could be a small thing, but it was very considerate and it ministers to you in that way. We also know what it feels like when someone is doing something from you, kicking cans the whole way. Um, you know, you might ask your spouse to do something right now. Oh, you got you got to hear them breathe all hard all the way over and breathe sit down all hard after they get done you know and it's like it's not a blessing right so so we've been made in the image of God God ain't blessed by that kind of service either you could save it um, so Paul says I do this of a necessity uh, I do this willingly because there's a stewardship that's been laid upon me so you also want to be careful not just that we that we serve the Lord. But be careful how we serve the Lord. If you're complaining, stop. Just don't do it. It'd be better to not do it. It'd be, if you can't serve God and be like, man, I'm, I am, I'm excited for the opportunity that you should stop serving God until you get your heart together so you can do it right. Just the way, it's just the way we, we, we're to serve God with a sense of, God, I'm glad for the opportunity to get to be of service. I used to be wasting my life. I used to be spending the best of my days and my talents and my gifts and my everything that I was. I was wasting it. I was squandering it in the world. Now I get to spend it on something that matters. And I'm glad I'm blessed. So it's not just important that we serve the Lord. It's also how we serve the Lord that matters to God. Amen. Uh, moving on, it says um, verse 18. What is my reward then that when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge? that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. And so Paul says, look, I, my reward here, as far as you guys, um, I'm presenting the gospel here without charge. God will take care of me. Um, that's Paul said, that, that'll be my reward here, that, that I may not abuse my authority. And even though he had authority in the gospel, Paul said, I'm not going to abuse it um, by taking from you guys. And so, again, Paul just demonstrating great maturity that his concern was more about reflecting a proper image of who Jesus is than about his own needs and taking care of himself. Verse 19, for though I am free from all men, 
I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. We're going to see the word win five times in the next few verses. And I just want you to catch the trend. Paul says, whatever it takes, my goal is I want to win people to the Lord. And listen to the different things that he's willing to do. He says, I made myself a servant of all. Now, Paul's an apostle. Paul, we would, would you guys consider Paul the apostle to be kind of a big deal? We would, right? Think about these ministers today that they think they're such a big deal that you can't touch them. You can't talk to them. You can't approach them. How do you get to be that big of a deal when we're looking at a real big deal? And he was down here with the folks ministering to the people. Paul says, look, I made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. Right? I'm a servant to the people that I might win them. We should never lose that. Right. There's no position in the body of Christ where we where we no longer are a servant. I came out of a, a pretty unhealthy church dynamic when I first got saved. And so the ministers and pastors were almost like kings. I, you know, you look at that and we see that in our culture, in our world. And then I'm looking at this. I'm looking at Paul the Apostle. I'm looking at Jesus Christ. Wash disciples, stinky feet. Um, so we need to be clear on that. There is no, none of us are aspiring to, uh, to a place that's beyond service. It's actually our privilege to serve. And the Bible says that those that will be greatest in the kingdom of God will be the servant of all. So, so we never get to a point where we can't get our hands dirty, where we can't be a part. I, 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 no, I don't do chairs. Mm, I preach. I preach to the people in the chairs. That's not, that's not how we get down. You know, we do chairs. We be lining the chairs up. You know, it's, it's, um, and I guess we should all just know that, right? In the kingdom of God, service is a privilege. We need to see it as a privilege because we live in a world where they make service like you do that, you do, you maintenance. Oh. I'm in the office and the world has its hierarchy. Of, that's how they do what's important. And everywhere you go, every system, you go to McDonald's and, you know, if you're on fries, you're on fries. I'm on burgers. You know what I'm saying? I'm on the register. And that's how the world does. They just as long as I one step above you, I can look down a little bit. Not in the kingdom of God. Whenever we gather, the big deal is Jesus. And we're all thrilled to be his servants. Amen. If we could all have that heart. You know, we go out and serve and do the things God calls to. We, 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 it'll be so sweet as people look at a bunch of people from different walks of life in different places. Just come together and serve other people in Jesus name. That's the heart that we want to continue to cultivate. A heart of loving Jesus and serving people in his name with humility. Amen. And so Paul, a great example of that. I, I can't think of another you know, minister Bible person outside of Jesus as a bigger deal than Paul. And Paul said, look, I've made myself a servant. To all men that I might win the more. Look at what he says now in verse 20. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might win Jews. Um, so what he says is when he says I became like the Jew, you know, Paul says, you know, Paul used to be a Pharisee in all the law. He knows Jewish customs. He said, look, when I minister to somebody Jewish, I'll get on your level. Do I need to wear the right outfit? Do I need to come into the thing? Like, I'll meet you where you're at that I might win you. Um, then he says, um, to those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. Right. If I got to make adjustments, make myself uncomfortable. I know I'm not under the law, but if in order to minister to you, I got to meet you there. I'll come under the law with you, you know, just meet you there. I wear the outfits when I go. Now, we're casual church. That's how we choose to be. But I get invited other places that are not casual, you know. And if I get invited to speak there, I don't go in there and say, well, I know I got liberty to wear whatever I want. You know, the Bible don't say you got to dress up. When I go there, I wear the suit. I put on the, the thing and I, I go ahead and, because it would probably be a stumbling block. I, some of them, you know, you walk, you walk up in the pulpit like this. and They're like, that's disrespectful. 
You're disrespecting the law. And I know better than that. The goal is bigger than my liberty on that particular day. And so if that's going to be the hindering, I ask him, what's the what's the attire over here? The attire suit tie about being a suit and tie. Then Done, you know, so that I can go and do the bigger thing. And I think that's that's what Paul is just, just showing us here uh, to the Jew. I became like the Jew that I might win those that are under the law. Verse 21 to those who are without the law. Um, I became as without the law, not being without law towards God, but under the law toward Christ that I might win those who are without the law. So speaking of the Gentiles, they're, they're not under the law. Paul says, when I get with them, I'll become like I'm, I'm without the law, too. Now he says he made it a point because some of us would be like, that's why you're going to be at the bar. You know, I'm without under the law. You know, so Paul says, except I'm not sinning. Right? I'm not getting drunk with folks. Uh, in order that I might win them. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But there are churches that have people, I believe, in places where we don't really belong. Um, I can't have a strict club ministry. Um, I'm going to have to catch you outside. On, on, you know, I'm going to have to catch you. It's just some places where the brothers don't belong. You wise would, you wise would kill me dead if I said, I'm going to take some brothers. To go get God, we don't go in the strip club. I, every wife here, I have ten knives in my back and ten in my front. You know, my wife be one of them. So, you know, that would just be inappropriate, right? You know, we'll become without the law, but there's some limitations. We're not going to end up in sin. We're not going to end up in compromised circumstances. We're still walking under the law of Christ, amen. And in verse 22, he says, "To the weak, I became as weak, that I might win the weak." I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And that was the big deal. Paul said, look, I, I, I will meet people where they're at. By all means, I, I, I want to meet you where you're at that I might see you get saved, that I might save some. And I often tell people when it comes to ministering the gospel and, you know, I've been walking with the Lord 20 some years now. You know, that's a long time. I've had a long time to have my life altered and change and my beliefs and I've been in the word and I'm just I'm not the guy I used to be I can't walk up on somebody fresh off the street and expect them to see it, the world my way it took me 20 years to get here um I gotta I gotta bring it down a notch and some Christians have a hard time doing that like for some people forget where they came from like those people living together I can't I don't understand how they could do that didn't you used to do that you used to do that I, we know it's not right but we used to do that, you know, my neighbors, I'm, I'm witnessing to the guys down the street. And I, I will say this. I've been offered I've been offered weed. I'm glad that's not my issue. Um, I've been offered weed. Man, I think every other dog walk, you know, it's like, you know, I just, and I'm, I'm talking to, and this is how I take it. Right. These are non-believers. They're reaching out. They, they pay for this. They, they, you know, some of it smelled like it was the good stuff, too. I mean, they, they pay good money for this. And they're saying to me, like, hey, I'm, I'm reaching out. And I appreciate that they're reaching out to me. I mean, you know, I appreciate that they're reaching out. I don't, I don't get down. I don't smoke. I, that's not my issue. Um, but I realize, I'm looking, look at the world reaching out to me. They're reaching out. Even making a sacrifice. Offering me that which is valuable and significant to them. Now, I can react poorly. I can say, well, offer me that. You're my man of God. Weed. <laughs> I don't think that would go real far in, 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 in my outreach. You know, my response is typically like this. Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't smoke weed, bro. You know, and, and I go on from there, you know, and I, I build bridges. I share the gospel. I usually don't lead with people that I first meet that I'm a pastor. Cause you know what happens every time somebody find out what I do? Oh, you know, then they hide from you. They're, you know, 
long as they don't know I'm a pastor, they just they be regular in front of me. As soon as they find out, oh, excuse my French pastor. Excuse my, that's not French that she was speaking, you know. So I try to avoid that conversation as long as I can so I can get a real witness laid down and uh, try to build some bridges and make some relationships. But when Paul says, look, I become all things to all men that I might win some. I want you to hear the heart in this whole chapter. He talked all about the giving and how the, the church has a responsibility to take care of the needs of the minister. But he says, but I forego that because y'all are so weak to the Corinthians. They would stumble you guys. And I care more about conveying the gospel to you guys than I care about meet my own needs. I'll work. Then he says, look, when when it comes to, you know, caring for different people in ministry. And Paul said, look, I'm making adjustments to the weak. I became weak to the Jew. I became Jew to those under the law. It's under the law. In each case, I've met people where they are. I have one agenda is I want the gospel to go forth in power. I want to see you get saved. That's the heart of God, that we would, God would, that the gospel would flow through us, that God could convey his love and his truth and his message through us that other people might be saved. And so, and I want to leave us with three things from the chapter. Uh, one, from the very beginning, as Paul laid out just some of the challenges that he was having, um, he wasn't being respected as the apostle that he was. He was being challenged and kind of put down by those that he ministered to. And so I would just share with all of us, particularly those of us that are in ministry, that you wouldn't forget that it's a war. And sometimes the war comes in lots of different ways. The enemy tries a lot of different ways to discourage us. Um, You want to fight through discouragement. Uh, Paul's an example to us. Paul didn't get discouraged by the Corinthians and quit. Paul was like, okay, you know, they don't they don't respect me. They don't they challenging my apostleship, um, but I'm still here to love them and minister to them. Don't let people treating you bad make you treat them bad. Paul didn't treat them bad. He loved them and he continued to share the truth, not just in one letter, but in a second letter to the same church. And right, Paul could have easily just said, you know, they get on my nerves. These other churches respect me for who I am. They recognize my apostleship. Y'all don't. I'm going to go over there where they like me. But Paul continued to press in two letters to them and help them out. All of us have those special people in our lives that are make, make, make it a little difficult for you to love. And so I'm encouraging you that you would go ahead and dig deep in the love of Christ and show them some love. Amen. Second thing, as he did go into great detail on the responsibility of the body to give, I would just leave that with you guys. It is our responsibility. I'm part of the body here. It's our responsibility to participate in a worshipful way and the giving in our church that things might go forth in the way that God would have. And so everybody needs to pray about that. Um, are you being responsible and faithful with that? If so, continue. If not, may the Lord show you how to, every family, that we would do our part, that God would be glorified, that this church would have everything it needs to do everything God wants it to be doing. Amen? And lastly, as everything Paul said culminated in this, I want to see some people saved. I want to win some. I'll die to myself. I'll adjust myself. I'll become, you know, I'll come under the law. I'll become a servant to all. I'll do whatever it takes to see other people get saved. Are you stirred up for the gospel to see other people come to know the Lord? Um, May the Lord stir all of our hearts up. Because one thing that every one of us have plentiful opportunities, you are surrounded by people that are lost. Every one of us. You don't got to go nowhere. Some of y'all don't even have to leave home. That's serious. Some of you don't have to leave home to have some lost people to minister to. We don't have to go very far to find some people that don't know Christ and his power. Don't know him in the forgiveness of their sins. Um, And so may our hearts be stirred up. Listen to the Apostle Paul's heart. He's like, man, I'm doing whatever I can do. Sacrificing, giving, laying down my rights, you know, serving people, becoming like other people. I'm just whatever it takes 
to see somebody get saved? Are you stirred up for the, for the loss in that way? May Jesus Christ himself stir our hearts up to love on lost people and to be reaching out with the gospel that we might see people around us that didn't know God when they met us come to know God because we poured out the gospel to them. Amen. Thanks for joining us here on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. This letter was written by Paul to the Corinthians sometime after he lived in Corinth. He had an intimate knowledge of the church there, and so he felt compelled to write a direct letter to address the things that were happening among the believers there. The things he wrote about showed that there were problems in the church then, just like there are issues in churches today. Even among believers, there are real sin issues that can derail an entire church if those areas aren't dealt with. Are there areas in your life today that you know need to be addressed? If you need someone to talk to or to pray with, we're here and are ready to answer your call or text. Our number is 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. We're so glad you tuned in to A Transforming Word. We'd love to meet you. If you're in the Inglewood area, come join us this weekend for church. We meet at Calvary Inglewood every Sunday. And you can get more information on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. There, you'll also be able to learn more about this ministry and listen to additional teachings from Pastor Bill. Again, that website is calvaryinglewood.org. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Bill continues to teach through 1 Corinthians. We look forward to another edition of A Transforming Word. Transforming Word.